Hello, and welcome law firm owners to a new episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. This is your host, Nermeen Jasani, and we are getting ready to wrap up January. I always like to focus January on the money month because you really need to figure out the money, what you're going to charge, where it's going to come from, how you're going to collect it, all of that beautiful, juicy details. You want to have it figured out at the beginning of the year. You do not want to wait until June or September and then you're like, oh no, I'm not using the right payment collection system. Oh no, I need to use a different technology. I need to change my payment plan structure. You want to do all of that now at the beginning of the year. You do not want to wait to do any of these things. So all of that being said, let's kick off today's episode, which is all about the three things that I want you to do right now. That doesn't mean tomorrow. That doesn't mean next week. That means like now to increase your income and profitability in your law firm this year. So thing number one that we are going to start with is going to be, surprise, surprise, increase your fees. Okay, if you have not increased your fees this year already, you need to. I keep saying this and I will say this until I die, but you have to increase your fees every single year. And for no reason other than you now have 365 days of more experience than you did last year. So based on the fact that you have more experience, you should be charging more. The second reason is not only do you have 365 days of more experience, you've worked with more clients, which means you should charge more. And another reason is because the cost of everything is still going up. Again, the cost of things increase every single year on average, three to 5%. That's just normal inflation rates in the US. If you're in other countries, it could be way higher than that. So everything gets more expensive, your rent is costing more, your groceries are costing more, you have more experience, and because Aunt Nermeen said so. So please increase your rates this year, okay? Now, what I've learned about lawyers is that it's generally not about, oh, I don't want to increase my rates, it's more I'm scared to increase my rates. And that fear is present in 100% of professionals, that includes me, when it comes to increasing rates. There's always going to be a little anxiety, a little fear of, oh my God, what's gonna happen if I increase my prices? And we automatically as lawyers are trained to think of the worst case scenario. Why? Because when we were in law school, we came up with all these crazy fact patterns not just in law school, but then on the bar exam where someone walks into a bar and the worst thing happens, they slip on some ice and their hip is broken and now they can't walk and they lose their job. Do you see worst case scenario? So now all of a sudden you walk into a bar and all you can think about is all of the cases where terrible things happen to people in bars. And this is just the way that law school has trained our brain. And so now when it comes to increasing your fees, you're just thinking worst case scenario. 
my law firm is going to shut down. No one's going to hire me. I'm going to go broke. I'm going to have to live on the streets. I'm going to get foreclosed on on my house. My kids are not going to have shoes on their feet. Like you just go to the automatic extreme and that's cool. Go there, but then come back a little bit to a little center, a little bit more sanity. Let that extreme scenario play out in your head. And let's talk about actually increasing your fees and the math behind it and why it's so important. So Look, every year you should be growing in your firm. I said that last week on the podcast. And you need to make sure that your growth is also allowing you to, in whatever way, have a better life. If that means more time off, if that means better shoes, if that means a better house, whatever that means for you, there's got to be some form of growth that's happening every single year in your practice. And one of those forms of growth is more revenue and it could also just be charging more money so that you can work less. And I'm going to show you how the math plays out here in a second. However, I think it's really important to understand that as you are thinking about increasing your fees, it's normal to have that anxiety around the fears. So let's go through some of the facts, right? So is it true that if you increase your fees by $50 an hour or $15 an hour, or if you increase your fees by $1,000 for a will or $300 for a will or any other legal service, if you take any number and say, okay, I'm going to increase my service by this dollar amount, is it true that 100% of clients are going to say no to that. No, 100% of people are not going to say no. That is not going to happen. Okay, are 100% of existing clients going to say, no, I'm not going to pay your increase in hourly rates? No, that's not true. It is a statistical occurrence that is so rare that it's probably more likely that you would get struck by lightning than 100% of your clients saying no to an increase in fees. So I just want you to think about that first. It's literally not possible for 100% of people to say no to your increase in fees. Number one, new clients don't know that your fees have increased. Number two, existing clients are the only ones who know that your fees have increased. And it's just not possible that 100% of new clients and 100% of existing clients are going to say, no, I'm not going to pay you $250 an hour instead of $230 an hour. That's not going to happen. So let's just work all of that anxiety logically away. And let's talk a little bit more about the math behind why I want you to increase your fees. Let's say, for example, you are going to charge $50 more an hour and you are going to bill a thousand hours. Okay. Based on that math alone, if nothing changes, 
Okay, you bill a thousand hours, just like you did last year, and you're gonna charge $50 an hour more. Automatically, you've made $50,000 more than you did last year, just by increasing your fees by $50 an hour. And you do the same amount of work as last year, the same amount of hours that you billed last year, you make the same. Or excuse me, you make 50,000 more, you don't make the same. That's great, you had to do nothing. You didn't have to hire new people. You didn't have to go out and get a thousand new clients. You didn't have to dance on TikTok. You didn't have to do any of those things. All you did was charge $50 an hour or more. That's it. And you made 50,000 more. Okay, let's play it safe. Let's say that last year you billed thousand dollars an hour at three hundred dollars an hour and this year we're gonna assume that you're gonna have less work because less people are going to be willing to pay you three hundred and fifty dollars an hour your increased rate even if that happens I want you to see that it's still a win for you mathematically. So we are trying to take your fear and we are countering your emotional fear with logic. The logic of 100% of your clients are not going to walk away. That is a statistical rarity. And not only that, but if you charge just more money and work the same amount, you've made more money than you did last year. And then if you want to play it extra safe and we say, okay, 15% of your of people are not going to pay, right? They're like, nope, we're not going to do that. So if you worked 1,000 hours last year, 15% less brings you to 850 hours. So let's say you now work 850 hours at the new rate of 350 an hour. That math is 297,500. If last year you did 300 an hour for 1,000 hours, that's 300,000. Now we're saying we're going to increase your rate and you're going to work less hours because 15% less people are willing to pay your increased rate. So even if I do that and I compare those two numbers, last year you made 300,000, 300 an hour times 1,000, this year you make 350 an hour times 850 hours, that puts you at 297,500. You're only making 2,500 less, which is arguably insignificant, but you're actually working 15% less to make basically the same amount of money. This is when I say you charge more, you work less, and you make the same amount. When I say this to people, they don't believe me, and then we do the math, and they're like, oh, wow, okay, so like I don't have to work with everyone, and the people who can afford me are willing to pay for me, and then the people who... I don't want to work with won't hire me, but they also won't drive me crazy, which means I won't be working hours that I won't be able to bill for because they're already going to say no 
because they were already a difficult, non-ideal client to begin with. Because when you are charging at 200 and 250, you're attracting a certain kind of client. When you're charging 400, you're attracting a different kind of client. Do you see where I'm going? The ones at the 200, 250 want you to do everything. And they're like, hmm, okay, but like, can I call you at two in the morning and then expect a response from you? Like, let's be real. That's the people that are at the 200 to 250 level. At 400, it's like, I'm sleeping at two in the morning. I'm not reaching out to you at two in the morning, right? So it's really that fear of getting out of your own way and actually being able to charge more. And there is an ugly period where people are going to say no. And then you're going to be like, oh my God, I made the wrong decision. Oh no, what did I do? Why did I do this? All of that is normal and it's part of the process. But also know that once you say no enough times, there's now going to start being new people who come in who are going to say yes at your new rate. It's just the way it goes. You have to get comfortable with people saying no. No one person has a 100% success rate. People are going to say no. Even top law firms, even top lawyers get no's. It's part of the process. I get no's. I get ghosted. It's all part of the process. That's just the way that things go. Okay. So What I want you to do is I want you to play with your numbers and I want you to see what happens if you just charge $15 more an hour, $20 more an hour, $200 more for that will, $500 more for that immigration petition, and just see what happens. Really get in your math side and just play out the numbers safely to see what happens if you do increase your rates. And what I want you to know is you don't need to work with every client and you only need to work with the clients who actually understand your value. Okay, let's go to the second thing that I want you to do this year when it comes to increasing your income and your profitability in 2024. Okay, I want you to increase your cash flow by looking very carefully at the payment plans and the structured payment offerings that you have for your practice. This is especially true for law firms like immigration practices, criminal, estate planning, family, any other practice area that offers a kind of payment plan, this is very important for you to listen to because it's going to get a little technical, but it's incredibly important for you to understand this. Pause it, rewind it, listen to this many times. Make sure you're listening to this attentively, but this is very important. So just a couple of facts. We all know that if you offer a payment plan, especially online payment options where your client can go online and make a payment, you're going to get paid 40% faster rather than waiting for a client to cut you a check. 
I know some very old school practices that are still accepting checks and you will get paid 40 to 60% faster if you allow for online payment. Some of you are like, well, I don't want to take the 3% hit or pay whatever platform. That's you being incredibly stubborn and not thinking about your cash flow. So think about your cash flow because it's very important. And think about what it would mean for your firm if you got paid 40% faster, right? Because what's the process of actually getting paid? So you write a check, um, or excuse me, you send an invoice, they look at the invoice, then they decide to come to your to send you a check, they send it in the mail, and then you get the payment. What is that, 10, 15 days at least? That's almost half a month has gone by. And all of your bills have come due. And you're not telling your people, oh, wait, I got the money coming in. Oh, don't worry about that. No, no. How you collect money makes a very big difference to your firm, okay? Now, I wanna talk to you specifically about how you set up your payment plans. Now, we know that payment plans are great because they result in you being able to get more clients because not everyone is gonna be able to pay you $7,000 right now for that will and trust. Not everyone's gonna be able to, or be willing to pay you you know, $10,000 for that immigration petition or whatever that is. So you introduce payment plans and that allows you to have revenue and income. But with that, you also need to think about monthly cash flow, which means how much cash are you collecting on a month to month basis and how much is left after you pay all of your expenses. Now this is a little bit more advanced, but I know that you know what I'm talking about and this makes a very big difference for you as you start to get more clients. So I'm truly not sure at what point and why law firms started accepting, you know, $200 a month as payments or $500 a month. I know that's common in bankruptcy, but you are also dealing with someone who is filing for bankruptcy, which means they are clearly stating, I do not have the financial means to cover this and I'm going to declare bankruptcy so that I can get certain governmental protections given my current income situation. That's where you get people getting $40 a month, $60 a month, $80 a month, and they end up being very high volume practices. Maybe that's where immigration practices started to charge, you know, 300 and 500 a month. Maybe that's why if you're an estate planning attorney, you're charging 300 or 500 a month. But I want you to know that you are not doing yourself a favor in terms of cash flow by allowing that to happen. Now, here's the reality with every single law firm. You will have more payment plans every single month then you have new clients signing on. For most of you, you've got somewhere between 40 to 100 payment plans, but maybe five new client sign-ons a month. Maybe 10 if you are 
doing lots of marketing for your business. But the reality is you have more previous clients, past clients, already existing clients, whatever term you call them in your practice, you've already got people making payment plans on your practice to pay off the full amount of your service and you have more of those, significantly more, than you have new clients. So what ends up happening is that when you have more payment plans, you have to make sure that you are structuring it the the correct way. Now, I understand that many of you like to collect a higher dollar amount up front and then a smaller amount every month because this allows you to get the client to say yes from a sales perspective. But it is literally shooting yourself in the right foot and the left foot and the right arm and the left arm if you allow this to happen. So I'm going to give you an example here. And if you go to the show notes for this episode, there are specific numeric examples in a spreadsheet to help you understand how this looks on a month-to-month basis. But basically, if you are setting up a payment plan where someone pays, two, let's say it's a will, and you're charging 6000 for it, and you say 2000 up front and then 500 a month thereafter, what that essentially means is you are expecting to have more clients, more new clients every single month, which means you're on a new client hamster wheel because you need that 2000 up front versus collecting on the payment plans because the payment plans at 500 a month are never going to be enough because that number is going to be more than the new clients that you have. So let's say you have three new clients and they say, okay, I'm gonna do my will with you, here's $2,000. That's 6,000, right? Because three new clients, $2,000 is what they pay, that's 6,000. Then you have existing payment plans. Let's say you've got old clients who are paying 500 a month on your wills and you've got 10 of those. That's only 5,000 right? Because it's 500 a month on your payment plan times 10 previous clients who are paying you. So that's 5,000. That puts you at 11,000. If you were to just do $1,000 a month and then $1,000 up front, you're thinking to yourself, Nermeen, obviously I'm not going to make more because I'm collecting 2,000 versus 1,000. No, let me show you how this is different. If you have that same fact scenario where you've got three new clients and you're collecting $1,000 instead of $2,000, that's $3,000. Then you've got 10 clients on an old payment plan, that's $10,000 because it's 10 clients, $1,000 instead of $500, that's $10,000. That puts your monthly revenue, your cash flow, 13,000. In the previous example, it was 11,000. Now ask yourself, would you rather make $11,000 a month or would you rather make $13,000 a month? Right? 
This number starts to get a lot more exasperated when you get into a high volume practice. Let's say you've got eight new clients and you've got 120 existing old payment plans using the same $2,000 upfront and $500 a month example. Eight new payment plans, $2,000 a month. For the first payment, you get $16,000. You're thinking, great, wow, this is amazing. But then you've got 120 old payment plans. That's $60,000 because they're paying you $500 a month. So your total cash flow there is $76,000. Compare this to the $1,000 a month. If you're making, in that same fact scenario, you've got eight new new clients who sign on and they pay you $1,000 up front instead of $2,000. That's $8,000. Okay, so you took a hit there. You were making $16,000 in the previous example. Now you're making $8,000. That sucks. You're thinking, but wait a second. You've got 120 old payment plans that are paying you $120,000 because they're paying you $1,000 a month. So in the previous example where you were collecting 2,000 up front and 500 a month, you your cash flow was only 76,000. If you're just collecting $1,000 a month up front and $1,000 every month, your cash flow is 128,000. Ask yourself, would you rather make 128,000 a month Or would you rather make $76,000 a month? It is crucial for you to think about this and how you set up your payment plans. My ask is that you never accept anything less than $1,000. $1,000 is your bare minimum that you collect every single month. Now, I know some of you in criminal practices, in family practices, in immigration practices are going to come to me and say, Nermeen, they can't afford that. They can afford it. They are telling you that they can't afford it. And they are probably playing a tiny violin and you are letting yourself make exceptions on your cash flow. Here's the thing, if you start putting your foot down and you say, sorry, my office only accepts $1,000 a month, but the thing you should know is you don't have to pay $2,000 up front, you can just pay $1,000 each month. If you do it that way, you will end up being in a much healthier position much, much, much healthier position cash flow wise. And again, to highlight what it looks like in the examples, in one month you make 11,000 versus 13,000. In another month you make 76,000 versus 128,000. Ask yourself how much you would rather make every single month. Play with your own numbers, play with different Um, payment plans. Look at what it looks like if you charge $1,200 a month and take $1,500 up front. 
What it, what does it look like if you take a thousand a month and take a thousand every upfront? Look at how these payment plans affect your business. Do not accept anything less than a thousand dollars a month. And I know that many practices are offering less than that. And you're going to come to me and say, Nermina, I can't compete with them. They're not going to sign on. Yada, yada, yada. I understand. But the people who actually want to work with you will say, okay, I agree to a thousand. The people who are understanding of your payment plan will make that thousand work. And you don't need to be manipulated by whatever sad story they have. You can hold firm and say, I completely understand your situation. And $1,000 a month is what I need because that's what my expertise is. That's how my practice runs. I have other expenses. You can choose to explain to them if you want, or you can just say, I understand, and this is just what my firm collects. We don't allow for anything else. $1,000 a month is what we need. Okay, let's move on to the next section, and this is about how you collect your money. So, so far we've talked about what you're going to charge. That's super important. The second thing we talked about is how you're going to structure your payments, also super important. Now it's time to actually collect that money because you could have done the work, you could have done all the things, and I would have a gajillion dollars for every time I heard an attorney say, they haven't paid, they haven't paid on time, they're not paying, okay? This is the other third piece that directly affects your cash flow and your profitability and your income and your revenue. If you have money that's owed to you of $15,000 and it's not been paid, what is your mind going to do? The next consult that comes in, you're going to feel desperate to sell them. And you're going to say, okay, um... I know I usually charge $5,000 for a will, but I'm just going to say $3,000 if he pays it all up front right now. So now you've discounted your rate because you know that you have this money that you're going to collect right now. You have now reduced the average value of your wills, and you are probably now working with a client who you shouldn't have worked with from the beginning because he's going to expect or she's going to expect $5,000 worth of work while having only paid 3000 And we all know that those clients become very difficult very quickly. So what I really want you to think about here is how you're going to collect that money so that you're never sitting there in that position of reducing your rate because you know $15,000 is due to you. So this includes, yes, online payments is a big part of this. The other thing that's really important is making sure that you are using the right systems. So I know a lot of you use LawPay. In my case, they are garbage. I hate them. I do not recommend them. I don't use them for my clients. There's very specific reasons why you don't use them. Um, More than anything else, it's because there's no form of automation around it. 
And I build all of my businesses around automation because we don't need people to spend time chasing money. We need people to spend time doing work, not chasing money for work that's already been done. You should already be getting paid for the work that you've done. So no getting paid in checks, no getting paid in cash, just get paid online, pay a little fee, pay a platform fee for a service like FreshBooks, LawPay, Zoho, whatever, they all charge a fee. So you wanna make sure that you are getting paid by your clients. Now, if you are a firm, like a lot of immigration firms, like a lot of family firms, like a lot of um, criminal practices, you want to make sure that you are using a system that will not only save the payment method so that you can charge them every month, and I don't mean just an evergreen retainer. An evergreen retainer is where you are charging them based on the difference. So that basically means 3,500 is what we keep on account in month, every month on your file. And so if we work against that, and the retainer is now fallen and there's only $500 left, every month I'm gonna re-up. And I may or may not bill against it fully, but I'm gonna re-up to the full 3,500 to make sure that I get paid. That's an evergreen retainer. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the payment plan. So if you're saying that a will costs $6,000 and you're gonna split it up over six months of payments of $1,000 each, then how you're going to structure that out is you're going to set them up in a system like Zoho or FreshBooks and you are going to collect $1,000 every month at the time that they signed on. So if they signed on on the 7th, then on January 7th it charges, February 7th it charges, May, March 7th it charges, all the way until their payments are done. And it does this automatically. So I know a lot of firms right now will send out Manual invoices, that is garbage. Do not send out a monthly invoice manually every single month. You need a system that just automatically charges this amount every single month. Okay, again, don't use LawPay, don't use my case. I would prefer that you use Zoho or FreshBooks. FreshBooks can do this for you automatically where it automatically charges the client $1,000 a month. The reason I like Soho a little more, especially if you're an immigration or family or criminal practice, is because Soho will automatically rerun the card if there's a failed payment. I know a lot of you have failed payments. You're not proud of it. You don't talk about it. You don't talk about it with your lawyer buddies. That's cool. I get it. It's something that's embarrassing. But if your firm has more than five failed payments every single month, from five customers, five different customers every month, you need to get on Zoho. Because Zoho is going to automatically rerun your card, automatically rerun your card up to three times. This is called Dunning Management. And basically what that means is if a payment fails, um, a day later it reruns it, two days later it reruns it, three days later it reruns it. And this way, your team does not have to spend the time trying to go in every single month and run the card again, run the card again, send an email, hey, we're not be able to run your card. All of that is done automatically by Zoho. The manual admin hours that you save by switching to a system like Zoho will end up 
multiplying over time. You might think it's nothing. You might be like, oh, it's just an hour. It's not a big deal. It doesn't take that long. I just rerun it or my team reruns it. Stop wasting your time now. And really pay attention to all the places where you're like, oh, it doesn't take that long. And then I'm actually going to clock you to see how long it takes. And you're going to lose your mind when I show you how much time it actually takes you. Because it's always way more than you thought it was going to be. So I want you to start using systems that are going to collect money automatically. So you are not going into QuickBooks or my case every month and sending out that invoice every single month. That is not a good use of your time. That is a bad use of your time. You should not be sending that out monthly. You should just have a system that collects the money automatically. Now, I know a lot of you are going to want to know like what these systems are, what all these things are. There is a blog post that's coming out with this. Um, with this post specifically. So I will link it in the show notes, which by the way, I'm pretty tech savvy and I had no idea how to find show notes for a lot of episodes on Spotify and on Apple. Um, I think on Apple, you just scroll up and you will see the show notes. I think on Spotify, you have to click on the episode and then it will expand and you'll be able to see the show notes I know it sounds really silly that I'm explaining that, but I had a hard time with it. So just in case you were as well, I'm including show notes on all these things. So make sure you look at the show notes and I will link to the blog post episode that will be published with this um, with this episode that you can so that you can see all of this stuff in more detail. I know you're lawyers. I know you like reading stuff and also listening to stuff just depending on how you learn. And that will really help you understand why all of this is so important. So again, we are wrapping up January. Lots of money to be made this year in 2024 for your firm. Just do these three things. Increase your fees. Look at how your payment plans are. Change them. Stop collecting $300 and $500 a month. That's silly. You're a lawyer. Come on. Like just silly. Just silly. And then please make sure that you're using the right technology platform to collect money automatically from your clients. Okay, that's everything for this episode, my friends. I will be back in a couple of weeks. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me. And that's everything for this episode. All right, have a good February, my friends.